Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Power Banking Podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline Twilley, and this is the podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries. Today, we have a super treat. We have a a woman who is... All right, Marquita, hold on a second. We're going to have to edit that part out. Okay. (laughs) Today, we have a woman who is committed to helping women be their best selves. She has a podcast. It's called Marquita in Your Business. And I'm super excited to share her story with you all today. Welcome to the podcast, Marquita. Thank you for having me, Jacqueline. I'm so honored. So let's hop right into it. I typically start off with a couple of fun questions. So I'm going to ask you, what is your go-to snack? Mm, Chocolate chip cookies, for sure. Yes, (laughs) yes. yes. Um, Do you hit the snooze button in the morning? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, no shame, no shame, nothing wrong with that. All right. And so what is your favorite TV show or movie? Ooh, Coming to America is my favorite movie. Yeah. Right now, TV show, This Is Us. (laughs) I have not seen This Is Us, and I feel like I just need to wait until I have a full weekend where I can just binge and catch up. Yes, it's so good, so well written. Yes, I love it, for sure. Awesome. Well, Makita, tell us about your story and tell us, first of all, what do you do? Okay, so I am a coach. I am a motivational mentor. I'm a podcaster for sure, but just overall entrepreneur. And like you said before, I help women be them, be their best selves. And by doing that, I help them in business, but um, I help them more in the core. So I help them unlock some struggles or stories that they've been telling themselves that's blocking them from being the best business owners that they can be. So it's more core work um, than business, but they don't know that. So usually they come in for all this business advice, and then we unlock them. So (laughs) it's a a powerful transformation for sure. Um, My history, actually, I was in corporate law before transitioning into entrepreneurship. So I do qualify as being in a male-dominated field for sure. And I worked with primarily male um, attorneys. So definitely learning how to speak up for myself and be powerful and be bold in in different rooms for sure. And it wasn't until I moved from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles where um, the entrepreneur bug hit me after not being able to find work or not being valued um, in Los Angeles that um, I caught that bug and just started my journey into entrepreneurship. Oh, my goodness. So, so much stuff for us to unlock. First of all, tell us what it's like being a woman working in the legal profession, um, especially your background coming from D.C., and we know that D.C. traditionally has a stereotype of being all uh, or dominantly men on the Hill. So what was that like for you? Um, It wasn't bad. I think I've just been, like, I was raised very well to speak up for myself, but to be able to speak to everyone. 
So I dominated a sense of like, don't F with me, (laughs) but very professional, you know? So it really, I didn't find it as much of a struggle as some of my coworkers. Like I've seen, I can just tell a quick story. When I first started working in the legal field, um, it was an instance. Now attorneys are bad crazy I'm trying to keep it professional <laughs> like they're bad <laughs> but um um so they they're a bit bipolar and one of the attorneys came in and basically threw a brief across the table at one of my coworkers. so when I see that I just went into his office you know after the incident and said you know this can't happen with me because I have childhood traumas and I don't know how I'm going to react and I just said it very professional <laughs> and we we never had any problems. So it's just always, I guess, keeping it professional, speaking up for yourselves. I think the powerful lesson I learned from men and working with men is that they go for whatever they want, and they don't take no, mm-hmm. you know, they don't take no for anything. So it just taught me how to just go for what I want. Um, I would used to have to fight over BS, like overcharge, being overcharged for something. And I mean, these people had money. I'm like, really? Am I really fighting for five extra dollars? But it wasn't that. It was like the principle of it, that they charged them the five extra dollars. So it just taught me about speaking up for myself in all areas. So now I'm the queen of getting my cable bill down. I'm the queen of getting my phone bill down. <laughs> like, yes. Aspects. So it wasn't necessarily a bad thing for me um, working with men. I actually... I mean, I'm not going to say I prefer because I definitely work with women now, but before when I was in the the um, corporate sector, I actually um, didn't mind having male bosses, actually. And that's very good because we do hear that when women work in these male-dominated industries, some love it and some, you know, say, I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore, but you've actually found your voice and your comfort level in that, and I love that you have that takeaway of, you know, you're going to be the queen of negotiating the best deal. Um, And that's something you and I have talked about before. So in that moment where you saw someone having a brief physically thrown at them across the room, what actually gave you the confidence? What was it in your childhood that gave you the confidence to speak up and say, you know, this behavior is not appropriate? Um, I mean, I grew up... So my parents, um, I am born to teen parents, so I grew up with my grandparents um, initially until my parents got their own home. And with my grandparents, we were kind of like the soul food family where we would have Sunday dinners every Sunday. And and this is made up of all of my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, I mean, just a big family every Sunday. And so I think learning how to speak up for myself in that big family environment, because, you know, at one point you're the youngest uh, cousin, and so everybody's picking on you. And so you just have to learn how to speak up for yourself in those instances. Like I learned how to fight, you know what I mean? My family were <laughs> was the pivotal for me speaking up for myself. So I just took no stuff, you know, from childhood. And then I'm I'm small. So I always felt like I needed to yell and, like, prove myself. So I think that's where the confidence comes from. I also learned the respect factor, that you don't always have to be the loudest one in the room to be heard. And so that was something Mm -hmm. that I think I learned more in the business sector because I knew how to speak up for myself. I knew what I wanted. 
and but I didn't know how to articulate that properly sometimes. And so I could actually I've turned people off, you know, before I learned the art of speaking properly <laughs> um, because they misunderstood my passion, I guess. And so that is a perfect segue. What does power mean to you? Um, I would say owning who you are. And with that, I think you have to discover who you are. And for me, that didn't come honestly until I moved to Los Angeles and I was taken away from my environment um, and thrown into another, you know, out of my comfort zone and learning a different way of life. And the beauty of that, of having both coastal views is that, like, I have that power, that edge that the East Coast brings, but Los Angeles has brought back my purity, the calmness, the serene feeling that I have um, within myself that I knew I always had because people are like, you're always so tough. You're always just up, up, up on edge like that. And I'm like, but I'm not, I'm nice. Like I care about people. So learning the balance um, of how to articulate what I want and being stern, but I don't have to be a B about it. <laughs> right. So you mentioned earlier how you help women with their core. So they might come to you with an external problem, but they really don't understand, you know, what's the core of what's causing the roadblock. So can we deep dive into that just for a second? And can you talk about some of the common things that you see women struggling with their core issues? Okay, so absolutely, worthiness is a core issue. And I think you discussed this over and over within your work. Um, we aren't taught worthiness enough. And so we always doubt ourselves. And even me working with women and knowing the triggers, um, I still struggle with worthiness as well. So that is like the number one thing. A lot of people start these businesses and it starts to blow up. And they don't feel worthy enough to be making this type of money or having people buy their products. And so they start self-sabotaging. So that's what we work on. Um, a lot of people come to me um, for business advice and how to produce more money. They always think it's about the money. And it's not. It's about the stories that you're telling yourself. So some examples um, for me that I had to unlock before I was able to really start making money in my business was um, the money stories that I had heard growing up, um, me being Christian and growing up in the church, I heard that money was evil and it was the root of the all evil and that, you know, people were greedy who were rich and all of those things. And I kept ha hitting roadblocks um, in my business and I didn't know why. And so once I started doing the core work um, within myself, I realized that those were some money stories that I had been telling myself unconsciously, and it was affecting me in business. So we work on things like that. Yes. And so for those of I know you and I have been um, mentioning core work in our conversation, but I don't want to um, gloss over it for those people who don't understand what core work is. So can you just explain what the definition of core work is, your definition, um, the Marquita in your business definition? <laughs> um, I would say it's getting down to your core, who you are. Um, and core is 
like who you are before the world told you who you were. So if you strip yourself of the degrees, if you strip yourself of um, the childhood stories that people said, maybe like for me, people always said, you are loud, you're aggressive. And that, that wasn't me at the core. That was something that somebody labeled me as. And I would carry that with a badge of honor until I actually dissected who I really were, was at the core. And uh-huh. so that's what core work is. It's just um, developing who you are at your, your base and then adding on what you want to add on, <laughs> basically. Right. And that's how and when I think it. about Yes, and from oh, no, sorry, the first sorry. conversation we had, no, no, I'm, I'm, we're both getting excited mm-hmm. on this. From the first conversation <laughs> that you and I had, when you told me that you work with women and you help them unlock, you know, and get unstuck, it just instantly thought it brought me to a moment where, you know, how you just said, women are experiencing success, people are buying their products, and they're trying to get to that point and say, you know, how can I take it to the next level? How can I level up my skills? What what is that mental thing inside of me that's preventing me from taking it to the next level? Cause I'm doing all the things I should be doing. And those stories that people have told us about ourselves that we buy into and we believe, you know, we have to understand that we have to continuously grow. And so I think about that uh, Jim Collins book, um, what got you here won't get you there. And that is the essence of the work that, you do based on everything that I know about you. And I know we've only met each other, seems like forever, but we've only known each other for a few months. Um, the essence of what you do is you help people to not settle for good enough of what got them to where they are. So I appreciate the work that you do with women and helping them really drill down to the core of that. Yes. And I mean, that's like pivotal to my story. So me moving to LA was a faith-based decision and also a gut feeling. And so that that's why it's incorporating in my tagline for my podcast, like trust your gut, because we know what we know. It's not until we start taking in other people's opinions and their thoughts and just um, getting scared and doubt, all of that stuff comes in. But honestly, you know what you know about yourself. And you've always known what you know about yourself. And so, like, for my move, I knew that I could make it work. I didn't know how. I didn't even know anybody here, really. I only had, like, a few friends here. But I just knew at my core that I could make it work. And four years later, I'm still here through all of the trials like it was not an easy road for sure but I knew at my core and I always tell people um I experienced I was in a relationship when I moved and we did long distance for two years and um it didn't work out and the best feeling honestly for me was getting back on the flight and coming back to my apartment and knowing that I had chose me and I can't mm. ever, like, that's a gut feeling for me. And I want every woman to experience something like that, where they knew that they chose them. And I want women to know that it's okay to choose them every single day. And, and embracing that, that, yes, we're nurturers and we're, we're, you know, taught to take care of other people. But taking care of yourself first um, is definitely what, what makes you stand out for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. It reminds me of the quote, you cannot pour from an empty cup. 
So Absolutely. let's talk about your podcast a little bit because I love that you talk to real women and you give them these stories and you just celebrated your one-year anniversary of the podcast. So tell me about your podcast so that the audience can hear. I'll definitely link up in the show notes as well as the Power Banking Facebook group so people can check out your podcast. How did you get started? Okay, so I wanted something too creative because I was in L.A. and everybody was creative. So, like, singer, actor, all my friends, everybody I started to become around, I'm like, I don't have anything. I can't sing. I can't play. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not into acting. Well, what can I do to be creative? And so what I discovered was my gift was my gab. And so I can talk to anybody, like I said before, and because I just started learning about entrepreneurship um, once I got here, um, because I knew business, that was the difference. I was in corporate law and I was doing like creating and like incorporating businesses for people and stuff like that, but it wasn't clicking that I could actually own that for myself. You know what I mean? It was so weird Mm -hmm. that I was right next to it, but I didn't even think that was possible for me. So once I got around people, I'm in entrepreneurship in LA. It's really a freelance city. So everybody's an entrepreneur or hustling. And so I wanted to share that information with people from my city, from DC, from a nine to five city, like, guys, you know, you can start your own because I knew so many people who were great bakers or, um, you know what I mean? Just crafty and was doing it just for free or, you know, creating costumes for churches and stuff like that. But I'm like, you know, you can start your own business. And it's just something we're not um, groomed to think about ourselves from where I come from. We just, you get your good nine to five job, you go to school, you know, and then the checklist, checklist, checklist. So I started the podcast to actually share the information with people back home initially. And now it's spiraled into an all-women's podcast. Literally, every time I try to interview a man, the audio got distorted. It got, the file got erased. So I said, okay, God, you just want it to be all women. I get it. <laughs> um, and so that's how it created into an all-women's podcast. And I absolutely adore it. I've learned so much. I've become so inspired to do things that I never thought possible for myself. Like I'm writing books now. Um, I'm doing speaking engagements and just things that I didn't even think were possible for me. But because I've talked to these other women and I have them as um, in my network now and they help guide me, I think anything is possible. So that's how the podcast got started. Oh, my goodness, that's so awesome. So you just celebrated one year, and as we wrap up, I recently have become fascinated with how women celebrate their success. So how did you celebrate your one-year mark of having the podcast and consistently producing? I actually slept. (laughs) It sounds so boring, but... I am a busy body and my schedule is always packed. So when I can sleep and rest, that is a gem, honestly. And so that's what I did to celebrate. I just took a me day and I, I slept, I watched Netflix, I wa- I caught up on This Is Us and, you know, just took a me day. So that's how I celebrated. <laughs> that is dope. I love it. And there's no right or wrong way to celebrate yourself, but it's what you need and that's putting yourself first. So Congrats on that. Tell everyone how they can connect with you online. Um, you can find me on social media at 
I am Marquita G, and that's spelled I-A-M-M-A-R-K-I-T-T-A-G. And you can come over to Instagram for the podcast information at Marquita in your business, and it's spelled M-A-R-K-I-T-T-A. And in your business is spelled regular. I didn't get all fancy with it. (laughs) Keep it clean and proper. Um, And then you can find me over at www.marquitag.com. For all of my services, the podcast, um, inspirational videos, and interviews with other boss women and men, because I actually do written interviews with men, but just not the podcast. <laughs> um, all right. There, so, yeah. Well, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing more of your journey and your story, how you help women with their core work. And I will be posting the link again to Makita in Your Business podcast in today's show notes, as well as in our Power Banking Facebook group. So until next time, keep emulating excellence and eliminating excuses.